Be seated. Our scripture for today comes from Paul's letter to the Philippians, chapter 3, verses 17 through 21. Hear these words. Brothers and sisters, become imitators of me and watch those who live this way. You can use us as models. As I have told you many times and now say with deep sadness, many people live as enemies of the cross. Their lives end with destruction. Their God is their stomach and they take pride in their disgrace because their thoughts focus on earthly things. Our citizenship is in heaven. We look forward to a Savior that comes from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will transform our humble bodies so that they are like his glorious body. And by the power that also makes him able to subject all things to himself. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So we've been talking about the rescue over the past few weeks and talking about this language of salvation, how oftentimes in churches and other places the language of salvation is kind of calcified as this, um, that's only a Christian thing, when what is going on in the Bible is, is a rescue operation. It is a heavenly rescue operation for us and for the world. And so I've been trying to connect with this language of rescue um, in order to kind of help us freshen up a little bit this idea. I've also kind of tried to connect it to this documentary that recently came out on Disney Plus uh, called The Rescue about the 2018 Thai cave disaster and how they were able to save. There were these 12 boys and their soccer coach who were trapped in this really complex cavern in, in Thailand and the waters, they were, the waters flooded it. The monsoon came early and they were stuck there. And last week, um, two weeks ago, we talked about salvation. Last week, we talked about where they are. Um, but uh, today, before I get to the Jesus stuff and the important stuff, I want to talk about scuba diving in general. Because as you see on the, saw on the image, that's one of the things they have to do is they have to scuba dive. Um, and we actually have an expert in these kinds of things. Um, and so I'm going to ask Mr. Steve Minkowski to come on down. And he's going to share a little about his own experience. He's a, a former rescue diver with the NYPD. And he's going to give you a little sense about what that is as well as connect it to what we've been talking about here today. This is great. I, I need a mic stand because if I don't talk with my hands, I can't talk. <laughs> so uh, just to piggyback on what Wilson was talking about, I'm just going to share a little bit of my experience with it, and then Wilson can get into how it ties into uh, our journey in faith. So I was a rescue diver for the New York City Police Department, uh, which is only one of two departments in the country that have a full-time dive team. Uh, people are like, oh, diving in New York? We got over 500 miles of shoreline in New York City. And as you can imagine, uh, you're typically not looking for anything good, right? It's either uh, you know, uh, evidence from a crime, um, a victim, uh, an explosive perhaps. So, so you're never looking for anything good. Half of that time, you, know, you might be looking for something in pitch black darkness that you wouldn't want to see in the light. So uh, it's pretty horrific work. Uh, so starting out to getting into this, I was already a recreational diver. By a show of hands, anybody recreational diver? Okay, awesome. Uh, I like to tell people it's the closest thing that you can get to, in the clear water at least, to being in outer space, right? So there's a lot of components that go into this, and quite frankly, to become a, uh, a paddy open water diver, it's not that extensive if you can get past the point of breathing underwater. However, when you start talking about diving in black water and you start talking about diving in confined spaces, it's a whole other animal. So 
my journey onto the scuba team was it's a very competitive uh, test to get onto the team. It's a team of 30 guys uh, out of a police department of over 30,000, right? So when I took the test, 35 of us took it and two of us passed. So at the end, and it, we knew they were looking for four bodies. So, you know, me and my, my buddy are going, dude, does that mean we're in? I think we're in. And, uh, and it turned out that, you know, we wound up staying. Uh, sadly, Flight 800 went down um, that summer, and that was in 1996, and that was this, my first summer on the dive team. So that was my first uh, introduction to, you know, a big catastrophe. Sadly, wasn't the last, but uh, anyway, so that test was all, you know, how fast can you run? How many pull-ups can you do? How many push-ups can you do? And I had this entire, this entire test laid out, and it's back to back to back to back to back. And, you know, swim underwater the length of the pool, tread water with weights in your hand, all, all of it was craziness. So at the end of it, the last exercise that you go through is you go into the deep end of the pool, and a few of the senior divers jump in the pool, and they say, yeah, just you know, jump in the, the deep end and just sit on the bottom. So we jump in the pool, and these guys jump in, and they yank your mask off, they shut your air off, they pull your regular right out of your mouth, they sit on your legs, and they're trying to induce panic, basically. Which is the next piece of it. I've been in situations where um, trying to rescue somebody from the surface, if it's underwater, they're <laughs> unconscious. Uh, but from the surface, and man, they are fighting me. And it's like, hey, you know, just come on, try to relax. But when you're thinking that you may not be taking your next breath, you're not thinking clearly. So it's, it's often like, uh, you know, how we approach life. We, we think that if we're not struggling, if we're not fighting hard and pushing by ourselves in the right direction, we're not going to get there. There's so much faith that you got to have in diving. You got to be confident and have faith in your equipment. You got to be confident and have faith that the guy who jammed your tanks put good air in there, that you're not going to be breathing poison air. Uh, so, so, so many things that you have to have faith in. I was talking to the guys up on the boat uh, most times, but oftentimes, you're going through the darkness and you're hanging on a line and the only thing that you can feel is your partner, he's on the other side of that line. And so, so you've got extreme faith uh, in your partner. And I've been in situations where I've got jammed up and stuck and I can, and I can tell you, when you can't see and you're breathing underwater, there, is, there are a few things that are more horrifying. And if you panic, it's no bueno. So teaching somebody just to be an open water diver, pretty simple. Teaching somebody to have enough faith and enough confidence to get through a harrowing situation is a, is a huge deal and, uh, and, a big, and a big deal to get to. So, uh, so this thing, when I was watching this happening on the news, Oh my God, as you can imagine, it was way too close to home for me. I was on the edge of my seat. It was killing me because I wasn't there. Not that I'm an expert cave diver, but I just knew too much. And I'm going, this is like impossible. How are we going to do this, you know? So uh, anyway, Wilson, with that, I will pass it over to you. Now we're going to watch another. We're going to watch another clip from the from the movie, and this is a little after the one from last week. And so they've already found the boys, and it was again, it was like a two and a half hour um, trip back to get them. 
And, oh, nope, it's, it's, it's over, it should be, do the four finger scroll. It's over, it's on Chrome, it's not that video. We're gonna get it. There we go, okay, don't start it yet, um, just about. And um, so they found the boys, and, but they don't know how to get them out of there. And it's a two, it was a two and a half hour dive um, to get there. And they're, they're all alive and they're trying to figure out what to do to get them out. And a little bit earlier they had um, the kind of expert cave divers had, there were some waterwork guys who were pumping out water who were trapped for a little bit. And so they tried to just rescue those guys and it was just a 30 seconds and it was almost impossible um, because the water was so cold they didn't know what was going on. And they were like Steve was saying, they were just, they were panicking and thrashing. And so they were like, this is if, if grown, grown men can't handle 30 seconds, how are we going to get two and a half hours to get these people out of here? And so that's when the clip starts. Our authorities there are looking at all of their options, none of them easy. Right now, the preferable option is to keep them down there. It could be months to get those boys out safely. Sending in supplies and waiting until the season of the monsoons and flooding is over, they said that could be till October. The search also continues in the hills and jungle above the cave complex. Workers looking for any way to get into the cave beyond the flooded sections. Another possibility they're looking at is drilling new entries into the cave so they can pull them out. Creating the shaft large enough would be extremely complicated and could take a long time. The only real alternative is to, is to pump out the water. They're pumping out something like 1.6 million liters of water and it only went down one centimeter. There's almost a one in a billion chance that any of these things could have worked. And so the Americans were getting worried and they were asking us, was there anything we could do? We said we didn't think it was possible for us to dive the children out. The experience with the four pump workers was an indication of that, where they couldn't even hold it together for 30 seconds, let alone two and a half hours. We said it can't be done. I was like, well, what if it could? What does the impossible look like? When we got back to our resort that night, we continued thinking it through. I texted an old friend, Dr. Richard Harris from Australia. It was on the Thursday, the 5th of July, when I started exchanging messages with Rick. I said, is it possible to anaesthetise the children? My immediate response to Rick was absolutely not. It's not possible. Early one morning, Harry's phone had been pinging away all night and I had a look and I saw the message from Rick saying, what do you think about sedating the boys and diving them out? And I actually laughed. I, I laughed, it just, it sounded ludicrous. I could think of a hundred ways a child would die very quickly. There we go, okay. We will, we will get back. So that's what they, they get to, if we could bring the lights back up. Uh, thanks. Uh, so this is, they have no idea what to do, and the only, the only idea is to have, they ha happen to know a cave diver slash anesthesiologist um, and have him come, come back. Uh, so that is, that is a precarious situation. My friends, we are continuing our series on, 
on the rescue. We started this series a few weeks ago talking about what salvation is. What is salvation? In that sermon, I defined salvation as God's merciful reaching down to us to pick us up from the muck, to stand upright, to be ambassadors of God in this world and for all eternity. It is not based on what you do or who you are. It is based solely on the grace of God found fully in Jesus Christ. Last week, we spoke about where we are, how we need to know where we are to know where we are going. We showed the clip from uh, how they found the boys stuck in the cave. That was the first step. Now, the hard part was how, how to get them out of there. But you have to know where you are. We each have to know where we are to know if we're going to go anywhere. Today, we are looking at how God saves us. That is, the understandable question, what do I need to do to be saved? This is a, a little of a trick question because the reality of the matter is that we are so often our own worst enemies. When we try to do things to get saved, we can get in our own way. Even being conscious or aware can sometimes get us into trouble. This is really the heart of this series and why I was so struck by, by this movie and wanted to connect it to it. I'm not a very uh, strong multimedia pastor. I, I, don't, I don't move in and out of different, different forms that well, but I, I was struck by, by this, this reality of these boys and their coach who could not save themselves. They were in absolute need. They were in absolute need. And the radical idea to save them was to anesthetize them, to, to make them unconscious. They allude to it in this clip, but that's, that's the solution. That's the plan, the, the impossible one. And you saw, you, know, you saw the anesthesiologist who was like, that can't be done. It's like, well, what if it can be done? What if it's the only thing that we possibly could do? And the reason why it's the only plan they could think of is because then the boys aren't going to get in the way of the rescue because it's such a long journey. And if you're awake and you don't know what you're doing, as Steve said, like, you're going to panic. Your human bodies are not made to be, breathe underwater. Um, and you, you panic. You try to get to the service. You try to do all these things. And in that way, you can be your own worst enemy of being rescued. In our, in our own moral life, we ourselves can also often be our own worst enemy. We can, we can blame the devil or other people, but when it comes down to it, even if we pass the buck all our life, most of the time it stops right here at our own heart. There are other factors in this life that make life easier or decisions easier or being, being just and righteous easier or more difficult. But in order to be rescued by God from sin and death, you have to admit that you cannot save yourself. You cannot escape the grip of sin on your own. Humans have tried again and again over the years. They have tried and they have failed. They have tried for noble reasons. The Christian doctrine of original sin illustrates this. Talk of sin can sometimes seem kind of harsh, it's like, ah, sin, that's not a fun thing to talk about. I don't, you know, I don't feel comfortable bringing it. You're not like at, at dinner. I was like, oh, let's talk about sin together, guys. It's like, it's not, it's not an easy topic. It means we're bad. Like sinners, that means we're bad. And I don't want to be bad. I don't want to be associated with bad things. Christians have been trying to get around the language of sin for as long as we've been talking about sin. About 1,500 years ago, there was this Christian teacher named Pelagius who was very influential in the late Roman Empire. And he, he wrote about that basically that you can, you really can, if you just try hard enough, you can be good enough for God. 
You can be, you can do it. You have the power. Um, and it's a noble idea of like, you know, giving, giving us agency and that kind of thing. But then the, the consequences are quite tragic. Because if it's true, if Pelagius was right, and then all you had to do was will yourself to being righteous, then all of us who can't do it are out of luck. <laughs> and all of us who make mistakes and fall flat and over and over again, who are in need of grace, who are in need of mercy, then we aren't good enough for God. So thankfully, Pelagius was, was contradicted in the history, but that desire has often come forward. It's like, but what if we don't need grace? What if we can make it on our own? Don't we need to do something, God? Shouldn't we do something, God? The famous moment in the Exodus story of when Moses is up on the mountain and he's, he's talking to God and the cloud and the storm is up there and the people are down below and they're waiting and they, they make the golden calf. Oftentimes, this is used to illustrate them building like a, a different God or a false God. And they, they do. It's an idol. It's bad. But the intentions, I think, are good. They're, they're trying to do something. The people have been waiting a long time for any word of what to do next. And they are stuck. They are sick of sitting on their hands. They just want to do something, anything. And so somebody gets the idea together, okay, we got all this gold from Egypt. What if we just melted together and we can make a present for God? Wouldn't that be great? They're not trying to, it never says they worship a different God. They're trying to worship and honor God. But in that desire, in that desire to do something, in that need to do something, in that need to feel useful to God, they turn away from God. They turn away from who God has offered them to be, the freedom God has offered for them. You don't need to feel useful to God. You are already loved. You don't need to prove yourself by what you do. You are already loved, even in the midst of sin, when we don't deserve it, when we get trapped in a cave of our own accord, when we are the ones who got stuck there when it wasn't an accident, when we don't deserve it, God offers his son Jesus to us. As a theologian once wrote, that Jesus Christ is very God is shown in his way into the far country in which the Lord became a servant. For in the majesty of the true God, it happened that the eternal son of the eternal father became obedient by offering and humbling himself to be the brother of man to take his place with the transgressor, to judge him by judging himself and dying in his place. But God the Father raised him from the dead and in so doing recognized and gave effect to his death and passion as a satisfaction made for us, as our conver conversion to God and therefore as our redemption from death to life. It is about Jesus. It is the old, the old Sunday school joke about what's the answer, whenever the Sunday school teacher asks you a question, what's the answer? Jesus. It's, it's, you know, it's kind of, kind of dull, but it's true. It's like, that's, that's, that's the answer. And so often, you know, I think we, Christians can get in their own way because they're tired of saying the same answer over and over again. It's like, can't we just mix it up? It's like, no, it's the same thing. You're the one who's, who's mixing things up. Come back to the point that God has loved you so much and offered his son for you. So what are we supposed to do? If we can't, save ourselves. If God has to knock us unconscious to get us out of the cave of sin and death, what should we do? Should we do nothing? As Paul would say, by no means. By no means. He continues in Philippians, brothers and sisters become imitators of me and watch those who live this way. You can 
use us as models. We look for people who act like Jesus so that we can act more like Jesus and show more people the power of Jesus. As Jesus himself prays in John 3, John 3, you must become greater, I must become less. Once we accept that we must be less and that we need help, we can receive grace and be transformed. Once we accept the, our, the humility of God, we are truly free. If we still think we need to prove ourselves to God, we are trapped in that pride. If we still think we need to prove ourselves to our neighbors or to those around us or to our parents or to our children or to anybody around us, we are trapped. That is not freedom. You're stuck in this game of expectations. But God frees us from that. When you realize that you can become less, if you become less, God will become more in you. We can receive the grace of the Holy Spirit to be transformed into the kind of people that help and guide others. As Paul continues in Philippians 3, that our choice is between Christ or destruction because there are many people who do not seek to imitate Christ. Paul says, I have told you many, as I have told you many times, and now say with deep sadness, many people live as enemies of the cross. Their lives end with destruction, their God is in their stomach, and they take pride in their disgrace because they focus on earthly things. We are back in that cave. We have survived, but if we think we can save ourselves, we are fools. The world around us convinces us that we can do it on our own. If you only tried harder, if only you did more, if only you stopped making that silly mistake over and over again. But in that way, we are trapped. Freedom isn't found in, in boldly scaling the mountain of righteousness, but in humbly receiving grace and humbly looking to others to guidance and humbly sharing of yourself with others because that is what Jesus did and humbly becoming less and humbling letting go of the desires of the body that consume our time and our mind and our health and humbly recognizing that one does not live by bread alone but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. As Paul finishes this passage, our citizenship is in heaven. We look forward to a savior that comes from there, the Lord Jesus Christ. He will transform our humble bodies so they are like his glorious body. In Christ, we are citizens of heaven. That is our home. That is our goal. That is the place where we long to be. In this season of Lent, it is a time to admit what we are ashamed of. We cannot make it on our own. We cannot swim out of that cave on our own. Even if you are in the best shape of your life, even if you're the fastest and the strongest and the smartest and the richest, even if you pass the NYPD rescue diver program and you pass that test, you cannot outswim death. You cannot outthink pain. You are in need, and in that need, you are not alone. Who are the people in your life that remind you of Jesus? Take a moment. This is, this is real. I want you to take a moment, each of you individually, you're online or, or with us in present. Take a moment to think of one or two people in your life who remind you of Jesus, who remind you, uh, who show you kindness, who show you mercy, who you can't explain their behavior except because of Jesus. Take a moment, write it, write it down on your bulletin, write it down on your phone, make a note. Because one thing I want to ask 
us to do this week is to reach out. If those people are still with us, reach out to one of them. Say thank you. Thank you for showing me Jesus. Thank you for showing me that it's possible to be kind in this world, that it's possible to be loving in this world. They may have never heard that before. Encouragement is this, this amazingly beautiful thing that so often we feel like people who are admirable get it all the time, and we don't want to bother them with that, the, any, any other kind of kind talk. But that's just not the case. There's not a lot of encouragement in this world. And the amazing thing is that when you encourage other people, so often you find yourself on the receiving end of that encouragement, and you may never think that you're a model for anybody. It's like, I'm not a role, I don't want to be a role model for anybody. It's like, but you are, and it's not you, it's God working through you. God, no, God has been working through you. No, you. No matter what you believe, no matter where you are in your faith right now, God has already been working through you. And you, in surprising ways, have been offering Jesus and modeling Jesus. Because of what Christ has done for us, you are free to love. You are free because you don't have to save yourself. You don't have to spend all your time thinking how you're going to outwit death or how you're going to outwit, outwit pain. That you are free to love. You don't have to spend all your time trying to conquer death. Christ has won the victory. You don't have to spend all your time trying to evade the future. Christ has won the victory. Receive his power. Call out to Christ. Call out to him in, in the, the words of the old spiritual. I need thee, oh, I need thee. Every hour I need thee. Oh, bless me now, my Savior. I come to thee. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we need you every hour. Forgive us when we stray and when we lie to ourselves. Help us come back home under your wings. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.